friends, it's Tom Elliott again, and this is the Oh My Days Academy podcast. And today, I've got my good friend and co-host, the intersubjective Tom Geeches. Hey, Tom. <laughs> hey, Tom. Um, that sounds like a really lavish word. Um, but again, I've no idea what it means. Intersubjective. Please shed some light on this, please. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really know what it means either, Tom. Uh, and I've even closed the description on Google now. So uh, what it means, though, it means the, 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 the combining of conscious minds or something like that. Uh, so I don't really know what that means, but we'll go with it because it talks roughly about the idea of people being in relationship with each other in some form. So uh, that's the theme of today's episode, Tom. Intersubjective <laughs> or not? <laughs> well, let's roll with it because I do like the word and it sounds really cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I do find it quite an interesting time at the moment, Tom, like on lockdown, because um, naturally I'm quite introverted. So I'm kind of enjoying being locked down um whereas my wife is the total opposite she is literally bouncing off the wall she wants to go into meetings she wants to go and see her friends she's desperate to get out of the house as i'm quite enjoying it what about yourself yeah well like you i'm the kind of person that when lockdown is released uh i'm i think i'll be saying i wish i could have a night in uh so (laughs) it's that kind of situation you know but no to be honest i i've done myers-briggs a few years ago Have have you done myers-briggs tom yeah, I've done a Myers-Briggs test before, yeah. And I and I sit slap bang right in the middle between introvert and extrovert. And I think when I think about that, I think what it means is uh, I think I lean towards the introvert, but then you give me a platform. I do comedy, I do magic. You, you can't quite be an introvert if you're going to do that. So I think I switch into this kind of... Uh, I don't know, cognitive therapy. What do they call it? Cognitive switch. Well, I just kind of switch into an extrovert yeah. mode and then I switch back when I get back in my car. So I, I think I, j- I just flip between the two. Do you find yourself doing that? Yeah, I'm really similar to you, Tom. I'm bang in the middle as well. And like naturally, I probably incline towards the introverted, but my role outside of like the house mandates that I'm more extroverted. So I kind of go on this slider scale as well. And I can, I can be both of this. I'm not happy with that. I quite like that. I quite like flipping between the two. I think it's quite a nice little balance. But well, today's guest, uh, Tom, uh, we're talking about relationships uh, and we're talking about this whole thing of how we connect with people. And it made me think of the time that we we first met, right? Uh, it was at a um, NCT class, both uh, expecting our first child and uh, you weren't best pleased to be in the room, if I'm right. Is that is that correct? That's correct. I felt dragged along. And it's a, fun, a funny thing is that I remember me and my wife arrived late and I'm never late for anything, but we couldn't find the venue. So we walked in late and you all sat around in the circle, in walks the latecomers. And then you have the, the introduction thing that like, let's be honest, no one likes these introductions. <laughs> where Stand up, walk across the room and go and chat to someone. Oh, man alive. I hate that. Ask that them their favourite chocolate bar. And it's... <laughs> yeah, and their favourite colour and blah, blah, blah. I hate those sort of things. Well, so, well, yes. So I remember that moment and, and it was amusing because I remember I, I think I was forced to come to you uh, and said, what's your name? And you said, Tom. And I said, what do you do for a living? You said, I'm an entertainer. I said, oh, that's funny. So am I. Because uh, at the time you were doing kind of kids party business and all of that stuff. And yeah. then, uh, and then uh, well, there was another similarity as well. Oh, um, uh, what was the other similarity? We both go to a local church. We both went to a local church. That was right. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of just clicked. And so at that moment, you, there was no longer, you, whether you wanted to be there or not, you, you were locked into this kind of uh, 
connection, right? So anyway, so and then look, look now, you're you're a podcast host. I mean, I don't just have anyone on here, you know. I do remember going back to the NCT story. I do remember one particular NCT session that both me and you and our wives got told off by the instructor having too much fun. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, you know, we've you just got to have a laugh, haven't you? If you can't laugh at life, then and and then two kids later, then and and it's all gone crazy. But hey, we got here, right? We got to the end <laughs> of the course, true. and uh, two kids later. But listen, Tom, today's relate is today's topic is all about relationships uh, with my friend Matt Bird. Uh, Matt Bird is a businessman. Uh, he owns his own business called Relationology, where he teaches businesses. Uh, about how to develop good, healthy working relationships. Uh, I guess it's kind of a, a backlash against the idea of networking. He doesn't particularly like that word. Uh, and then, uh, but he also runs a, a charity called the Cinema Network International, uh, which I'm uh, delighted to be an ambassador for, actually. And uh, he does some amazing work. But it's all centered around the idea of people being in good working relationships and the fruit that comes from that. So uh, enjoy this episode. This is Matt Bird. I believe the true currency of business is relationships and not money. Because all financial transactions, all interactions between businesses and their clients or their customers is actually based on trusting relationships. But not only is business based on relationships, but the true currency of life itself uh, is based on relationships and not on money. And we do well to remember that. Matt, you travel the country, you travel the world. Uh, more time traveling the world than traveling the country. <laughs> you seem to be away in different countries more often than you're here. Absolutely, the- every week. But um, uh, you travel all over the place teaching people in business, in, uh, I believe, charity work and, and all over the place about how to uh, create healthy relationships. Uh, tell us a little bit about where that comes from, where that desire to uh, kind of help people establish healthy relationships. Does it come from kind of a personal experience, positive or negative? Yeah, uh, originally it came from a negative experience and then positive ones were built on it. So I remember as a a young child, um, when the doorbell rang at our house, my father would reach for the remote control of the television and put it on mute. And then it usher my mum, my sister and I to hide behind the sofa and pretend nobody was at home. (laughs) <laughs> I actually thought this was normal behaviour until I joined the real world. <laughs> wow. So not particularly social guy then. No, not particularly social. Uh, I, can, I can assure anybody listening now that the sofa in our home is firmly pushed up against the wall. <laughs> but, but actually, that growing up in an environment impoverished of relationships in many ways actually gave me a deep hunger, deep desire to understand... Um, what, what relationships are all about. So one of the positive things, you know, where does relationology come from, was I, I've always been very interested in people and leaders and people who make a difference in the world. Mm. So I have a collection of biographies and autobiographies of heads of industry, of politicians, of celebrities that I've collected over the years because I love reading and learning about people. And one of the things that I've learned as I've read these books is often we think people are self-made. Either a self-made millionaire, a self-made this, self-made that, self-made the other. But actually, it's not true. Um, Because every one of these biographies and autobiographies, there is always a person in their life that opens up an opportunity for them. Um, You know, uh, 
I mean, I, I won't be any examples because uh, I don't want to be too. I don't want to promote brands, but uh, you know, people who open airlines, where a, a young, up-and-coming, uh, passionate uh, airline owner wanted an opportunity to dominate and and fight a well-established uh, brand, who helped him? Yeah, okay. somebody who was long in the tooth in the industry, who who made it possible for him to succeed. And so I, every successful person behind them actually are a person or a group of people who made it possible for them, who opened the door, who introduced them, who sponsored them. Uh, and, and so that's why I believe relationships are so important in life. That's certainly, I mean, that's certainly true. I can see that in kind of my work and what I'm doing. I wouldn't be where I'm at without people that have come along with and still, the future. Nice of you to say so. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember our first meeting, uh, and we were just talking before recording. Uh, we met in a hotel in in uh, in Mayfair in London, and I was suitably underdressed <laughs> for it. Underdressed. Uh, I was wearing clothes, but just... <laughs> oh crap! Yes, I can assure you, he was wearing clothes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the wrong ones. <laughs> Maybe but... the wrong ones. <laughs> but he was out of his pajamas. This is true. I mean, we're in we're in a, a little uh, church building here, and you're in your full suit, so you've done well today. You, you've overdressed for this occasion. Uh, I've dressed for the day, which frankly wasn't meeting you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> shame, shame. Um, you. Your other passion is clearly business, and, and not yeah. only that, but business that makes a difference. And, yes. And, uh, I guess all businesses make a difference in some way, but uh, particularly for you, it's kind of social action, kind of social difference, community difference. Uh, where did that come from? How did that begin? Yeah, so uh, as I've read and learned and studied, my understanding is that um, the impact of any organisation is based on the quality of its relationships. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, a business... Uh, has great relationships with its clients and customers if it has great relationships with its team and its staff and its workers. And there's this value chain about how we treat people. Mm. So if we treat our team badly, uh, that has repercussions on all the other relationships. Um, so there's lots of research around uh, the, the performance of a business and the growth of business based upon the quality of relationships in the team and with clients and with stakeholders and shareholders. So whether you're doing something for profit or not for profit or a hybrid, actually the performance and productivity and growth of that entity will be determined by the quality of the relationships of the people involved. So thinking about workplace, what does a quality relationship what does a culture of quality relationships look like in the workplace? I imagine the workplace can be a difficult place for quality relationships to emerge. It can also be a great place. Yeah, I remember going to visit uh, an executive of a, of a top tech company who listeners will know well, and uh, he asked me if I would do some work with them because they had the problem that people sitting in the same office on the same floor would email each other rather than turn around and have a conversation. Wow, nice. <laughs> so, you know... Um, me and yeah. my wife do that some evenings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, you the, have you ever sat on the sofa and text your wife? Uh, maybe. maybe <laughs> oh, come on. Fess up. <clears throat> but, uh, yes, but, but yes, sometimes we become workplaces and the culture of workplaces become so transactional mm. 
and we only engage with somebody when we want something from them. Uh, you, know, you ever got a phone call from somebody thinking, why are they phoning me? I've not heard from them for ages. They must want something. And then after the chit-chat, they come out with it, you know. Yeah, okay. you know, but, but But actually, have you ever thought, how often do you phone somebody without wanting something from them? And I find that profoundly mm. challenging because modern corporate culture is highly transactional. That I only talk to you when I want something from you. So one of the powerful ways to build a relational culture or human capital, social capital in a business or an organization is actually to encourage people to interact on non-transactional basis. Mm. So actually it's the conversations we have in the corridor or in the lift or in the, in, uh, over a sandwich at lunchtime that actually become some of the most powerful conversations because they're generally without agenda. And I'm just interacting with you as a human being mm. and I discover things about you and we might end up talking about something and suddenly having an aha moment. Aha! You know, what yeah. do we do? So actually it's those non-transactional dimensions that stop us turning into a bunch of clones and droids who just turn up in our suit and, and do what we do in the workplace and go home. And increasingly companies are saying to people, bring your whole self to work. Yeah, okay. Bring all of who you are into the workplace. I, I read some research recently, I think. Uh, uh, where was it? I think it's Forge Leadership uh, producing research around millennials and how millennials uh, don't no longer want the kind of hierarchy of boss and worker, <clears throat> but actually the relationship and the, the kind of almost a friendship between boss and worker is more important now than it, perhaps it used to be where the boss remains distant and, and just a, a, a part of the business. Yeah, I try not to use the F word, actually, in my, in my talks. Friendship, I'm talking about. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> just trying to figure that one out. I was a bit slow on that one. Because <laughs> friendship is often seen as a sacred category of relationship for Absolutely. you. But yeah. what you're describing is that millennials want a sense of human connection yeah. at an authentic level mm-hmm. that's more based on, on influence than command and control. Yes. Um, and so, so friendship typifies you know, a peer relationship with warmth that's all about influence and interaction mm. rather than telling somebody what to do. So I avoid the F word, but the essence of the F word is what we're trying to get to in terms of can we build relationships in the workplace that have some of the characteristics of friendship? Yes. And that's the key. Where, where do you think we're at as a society? I mean, you said in the workplace it... Uh, it's quite often transactional. Broadly, where do you think we're at society in terms of relationships and our <coughs> social health? Yeah, well, relationships are based on trust. And I think trust in our society is absolutely shot. Mm. Um, every institution, every sector in our society has experienced a collapse of trust, I think, over recent years. Uh, we've lost trust in politicians. Mm. We've lost trust in journalists. We've lost trust in corporate executives mm. we've lost trust with the church you know actually every institution within society has experienced a collapse of trust so for me why do i do relationology the name of my business i'll tell you why we to come back to why it's called relationology but i do relationology because i feel a sense of purpose mission you might say about rebuilding trust in society Rebuilding trust in business, in politics, uh, in community, in the media. Because trust is what makes the world work. 
And mate, tell us, tell us a little bit about relationology. I'd love, I'd love to hear more. Uh, well, so, so uh, people say to me, relationology, I can't find it in the dictionary. Well, the news <laughs> is it's not in the dictionary because I made the word up. One day, mate. <laughs> One day. So I was asked to speak at a business conference on the subject of networking. Uh, and I don't know what you feel when you hear that word, but my insides cringe and crawl and squirm. Yeah. I hate networking. It's so contrived, disingenuous, manipulative. And, and so... Uh, as, I, as I sat there and, and, and talked to the organiser of the conference and explained, I love speaking, but I hate networking, so I'm sorry, I can't, can't help you. He, they were disappointed. And they said, well, and I told them why I didn't like networking. Uh, I said, but I am passionate about relationships, authentic, high-trust, long-term relationships. Yeah. And they said, Matt, will you come and speak on that subject? I agreed. I didn't want to become known as the anti-networking guy. It's always <laughs> bad to be defined by what you're not, isn't it? And, uh, and I thought, oh, gosh... Uh, what do I call this? And I thought, well, relationships are a science because everyone can learn to do them better. Yes. Relationships are an art form because they take a lifetime to master. We only need to be married to know that, don't we, Tom? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I was thinking about the art and the science and the study of relationships, and I thought, relationology. I Googled it, couldn't find it. So formed the company, trademarked the name, bought the web domain, and that's where the whole thing began. Wow. <laughs> now, I've, I've got your relationology book. Yes. And you, in that book, you outlined some really helpful stuff. So I, I was going to ask you about this later, and, and I probably will come back to this in some way, but... Uh, when I read that book, it, it was helpful because the thought of walking into a room of people I don't know and and trying to start all oh, the conversation, just, I mean, I, I, when I'm on stage doing my thing, I'm the biggest extrovert you can see, right? Yeah. But that's my, like, little hour of joy uh, a week. Then I, then I, this is partly why I'm self-employed, you see, because then I can disappear <laughs> home and I can go into my little cave in my little bubble. And uh, so, but what your book does is it enables... Uh, it gives some tips that enable people that are slightly introverted and, and or if you're extroverted to engage in relationships in a way that's doable. Yeah, um, yeah. And so just talk us through maybe one or two of those things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and we, we, we go to weddings, we go to conferences, we go to business seminars and for some people they're really excited about getting there. Mm. Other people are just like, they just rather stay at home. Especially if you're the plus one at a wedding. <laughs> oh my goodness. But for some reason, you have to go to the conference. Mm. You have to go to the seminar. You have to go to the party. Um, and there is a sense where you feel you need to talk to everybody. And I just want to say to you, you don't need to talk to everybody. Actually, yes, yeah, say hello to a few people. But actually, it will make it meaningful for you if you just have the goal of having one meaningful conversation with somebody. Yeah. I'm not talking about saying hello to one person. <laughs> Say hello to loads of people. <laughs> but don't feel the pressure that you need to work the whole room. Mm. Say hello to everybody you meet, but just try and find somebody who you have a, a really good human connection with and just spend some time with them. Take the pressure off yourself. You don't need to walk out with 10 business cards. If you walk out with one business card and then follow through, it will have made the whole thing worthwhile. So that's just one tip. Take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to have a deep conversation with everybody. If you just have a connection with one other person at an event, it makes it worthwhile for them and for you. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Can I encourage you to join the Insiders Club of the Oh My Days Academy today, where we help you to implement the wisdom shared with additional content, templates, book giveaways, and access to a secret communications channel. Now, it's a monthly subscription, but it is pay what you want. Friends, here's what some of our members said. 
Hi, I'm Alison and I joined Insiders Club because I wanted a new perspective and something uplifting to listen to. Hey, I'm Jamie. Uh, I joined the Insiders Club uh, because I just want to live every day uh, with a purpose um, according to what I've been called to do. I joined the Insiders Club because I wanted to dig a bit deeper and look at more practical ways that I could keep motivated and stay focused. Friends, join the Insiders Club today at ohmydaysacademy.co.uk. Just out of interest, you obviously travel the world doing stuff like this. Do you think there are cultures and other people that are better at relationships than we are, and, and why are they better? <laughs> I think we all struggle with relationships, um, and different cultures struggle with relationships in different ways. And we're all on a journey of trying to build trust. You know, when I go to Asia uh, and they give you a business card, you know, it, it's presented to you with both hands, like they were giving you a gold plaque. Oh, wow. And dare not fold it in half and put it in your back pocket. It's so disrespectful. Wow. You know, um, okay. you know they, they, say, they, they say that uh, Americans uh, have no outer wall. They let people in very quickly. Mm. You become fast friends with Americans. Yeah. <clears throat> but they have a high inner wall. You know, the Europeans are the opposite. We have a high outer wall. We don't let people in very easily. Do you know that's really interesting you say that? So uh, a friend of mine's just been doing some performing. Does comedy, a bit like me, magic. Uh, has been on a two-month tour in, in the States. Uh, and on, in reflections, he's, he said that the difference between doing comedy here and the comedy in the States is that when you do comedy in the States, you start at their best. They, they, yes. They're up for it. They're up and, for a laugh. Whereas here, you have to prove yourself. <laughs> oh, you know, absolutely. You can think you made me laugh. You just try. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it, that's reflective of their relational yeah. uh, connection, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So they say Americans have a high, uh, sorry, a, a low outer wall and a high inner wall. Mm. Europeans have a high outer wall and a low inner wall. And South Africans have no walls at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've done some stuff in Kenya and they're just, they're just wonderful, South Africans, yeah. aren't they? They're yeah, just yeah. open great. and conversational with anyone. Yeah. But these relationships, Tom, they're so important. As I look back on my life so far, all the amazing things that have ever happened to me have been thanks to a person, a relationship I've had that opened a door. My first job. Guy used to wash his car. He said to me, what are you going to do when you leave school? I said, I don't know. He gave me an application form. I filled it in, got invited for interview. He sat and did interview prep with me. Brilliant. You know, my first job, I got, I remember my first book. I've published 10 books. But uh, my first book, going back a few years, uh, I was sat with this guy having a coffee. And uh, he said to me, what are, you, what are you speaking on at the moment? I told him. He said, Matt, he said, that's a book. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, let me phone my editor picked up his phone, called his editor, said, David, I've got a young man here. It was a few years ago. He said, I've got a young man here. He said, he's got a book in him. And he passed me the phone and nearly wet myself. Wow. And that's, so, so I had to come up with a title and a content for the book in, in, in a matter of moments. And uh, that's how I published my first book. Wow. You know, okay. um, you know I could go up with my first blue chip corporate gig. Yeah, I could tell you story after story. My first international speaking engagement. My first you know, government department I ever worked with. You know, it's all about relationships. But it's not, relationships just aren't just about opportunity, but they're about health and well-being. Because there's so much research that demonstrates that the quality of your relationships has a huge impact upon your own uh, well-being and health. Uh, am I right in saying it increases your longevity of life? Is that yeah, the, so, the, so that... So, Let's, let's start with, with, with well-being. Um, the longest longitudinal study in history uh, run by Harvard Medical School mm. um, has now, it's now in its eighth decade 
um, the third director of studies um, uh, summarized his research and he said, happiness is love. Those right. who people who have good positive relationships, sorry, uh, those people who have positive relationships are happy in life. Mm. The fourth director of studies, Professor Robert Volsinger, he said that the quality of your relationships at 50 years old is the strongest indicator of your health at 80 years old. Oh, wow. That's... So you've got a few years to go, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> cracking. <laughs> but there's another bit of research. Uh, Professor Julian Holt-Lanstead uh, from Brigham Young University in the US, uh, and she wrote a paper called um, Social Relationships and Mortality Risk. Okay. And her research showed that prolonged social isolation uh, was detrimental to your health to the degree that it reduced your life expectancy by half. Wow. And this mental health and well-being research yeah. you read out there, you, you'll often read people say, oh, um, uh, being socially isolated is worse for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, comes from her research. Wow, okay. It's interesting because we t- we've talked about how relationships are struggling at the moment and yet the rise of mental health challenges has risen. Yeah, no, there's a correlation. There's a correlation. There's a breakdown of relationships in our society, and as a consequence, our health and our well-being is struggling. Uh, in fact, you know, the economic markets are struggling mm. because of breakdown in trust. I, I, would, I would take all the social issues you know, we face, and it basically comes down to a, a breakdown of trusting relationships at a micro level. Matt, tell us a little bit about Cinnamon Network. Is it, you're, as well as Relationology, you're also uh, are the CEO of an international charity. Yes. It's just recently become international. Yeah. Um, and, and even that's, I mean, you can tell us a bit about what it does, but that's founded really upon building relationships yeah, with different groups. Isn't yeah. It? So I've got a for-profit business, Relationology International, and a non-profit charity called Cinnamon Network International, and they're not linked in any way except they're both based completely on relationships. So Relationology is about helping businesses build stronger relationships in their teams and with their clients to increase performance and growth. Uh, Cinnamon is about helping churches build stronger relationships with their communities to bring about change and transformation. Yeah, and that's specifically uh, groups like the police and... Local governments local government. uh, and other key uh, uh, educators, people in healthcare. Um, so one of the things that Cinnamon Network International does is we, we, will, we will work in a country to help the faith communities measure the value of what they do. Great. So faith communities are hopeless at measuring. I mean, we're just, we just tell stories. We're great at it. And stories are so emotive and so powerful. But the thing is, civic society doesn't communicate in story. It computes in numbers. So, so cinema is trying to help the church mm. and faith communities become bilingual to communicate the value of what they do in numbers as well as stories so that our audience can understand us. So, for example, in New York City recently, we helped them uh, undertake a number of faith action audits. That's our measurement tool. Yeah. And uh, it demonstrated that the faith communities in New York City contributed 8.8 billion, with a B, billion dollars worth of time a year to their communities. It's incredible. Now that changes the conversation. Yeah. No longer are you a kind of little sideline, funny group of religious people. You're actually a player in the community and in the city. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, those are the sorts of people you want at the table because they've got significant resources. Yes. And so we're just trying to help um, churches and, and groups really make the case they're a force for good in society. 
Because they are. There's the evidence. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's that transferring of trust, isn't it? That's yeah. by, by saying, look, this is what the church or whoever it is is doing in society. That, to, in a business context, transfers that trust. Oh, they're doing something. Yes. Let's work together. Yes. It gives you a solid foundation for building a relationship, a partnership, and doing some stuff together. Amazing. Let's just go back for uh, just to kind of as we begin to wrap up. We've talked about loads of ideas uh, in this podcast about how we can work on our relationships, particularly in workplace contexts, I guess, because I want kind of listeners who maybe are in a big workplace with lots of people or even a small workplace, how to manage the dynamic of relationships is different. Give us maybe one or two just quick wins of what we can do to maximise our relational capacity. Yeah, so every week, Tom, as you know, I publish a little video, 60-second video, called A Minute With Matt. Yes, directly. So I would love you, uh, I'd love to, to share with your listeners a couple of my minutes with Matt. Mm. So here, here's one for work and one for the transition between work and home. Great. So this week, um, uh, I talked about the fact that if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So often at work, we don't ask because we think, oh, that person will say no. Mm. You think, oh, should we do this idea or try that idea? Or can I ask a client for this or a customer for that or a supplier for this? And we, oh, we talk ourselves out of, we give them, we, we talk ourselves, we give, we give excuses for people before we've even asked them. Yeah. So at work today, instead of saying, oh, they won't do that, actually ask them. Because unless you ask them, the answer will always be no. So, push the boat out. Go for it. Ask people. Ask people. Uh, the second thing would be, another minute with Matt, I talked about the, um, uh, about the habit we have of going home and switching off. You know, at mm. the end of the day, we've, we've slogged our guts out all day at the office or at work, wherever it is, and we think we deserve to put our feet up. And we do. Yeah. But the problem is... Uh, when we go home and switch off um, and uh, get too relaxed, accidents happen. We, we misunderstand, we miscommunicate, we f- have arguments with people at home. Um, so I'd like to suggest instead of going home and switching off, uh, we switch over. Nice. Tell us more. So don't switch off, switch mm. over. So all that energy that you've put into your work relationships with your team and your clients all day, when you go home, don't switch off and suddenly become all unintentional and mm. undeliberate. Actually bring some of that focus into your home relationships. You know, we so often take people at home for granted. So when we get home, actually don't switch off, switch over. Put some energy and some effort and some focus as much as you did during the day into your home relationships. That's so important, isn't it? Because you, if you're going to be effective at home, you've got to manage your work well. And if you're going to be effective in the workplace, you've got to manage your home well. Yeah. And so, yeah, so important. It's all about relationships. Matt, thank you ever so much. Tell us just where people can find out a bit more about you, whether that's Relationology or Cinema Network. <laughs> sure. So I would love to give you a gift as we finish the show. So if you're listening to this, I'd love to send you a minute with Matt, 67, 60 seconds every week from me about how you can build your relationships. So simply go to www.aminutewithmatt.com, aminutewithmatt.com. If you're interested in uh, booking me as a speaker to come into your business or your workplace, then go to www.relationologyinternational.com. 
and I would love to connect with you. And of course, if you want to know about Cinnamon Network International, go to cinnamonnetwork.com. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that was Matt Bird. I hope you enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. Uh, inside the Insiders Club, Matt offers uh, a little tip for those of us that find crowded rooms a little bit difficult. Uh, uh, a tip that helps you to go and make conversation with someone that you don't know. It's a brilliant little tip. Go check that out if you're a member of the Insiders Club. Now, if you're not a member of the Insiders Club, uh, you, I'd love for you to join. It's pay what you want. But if, if you're still not convinced you want to check it out, then you're in luck because this month I am offering an opportunity for you to get free access to three episodes inside the insiders club three full episodes my friends all you need to do is to head to my social media tom elliott uk on facebook tom elliott underscore uk on twitter and instagram make sure you search for elliott two hours two t's and because if you go to the social media you should see a post at promoting the offer of three free episodes from the insiders club Uh, All you need to do is join the mailing list through the link given in that post and you will get access to three full episodes, my friends, and they're really good ones as well. So make sure you check that out. If you want to join, of course, it's it's pay what you want for a minimum of £3 a month, but there's packed full of value uh, inside the Insiders Club, as you heard our current members share in the advert. Well, friends, you can also buy Matt Bird's book. Uh, I've listed it in the Amazon store. Uh, so if you head to uh, amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash Tom Elliott uh, UK, that would be, you can find Matt's book listed there alongside all the books from other guests that we've had on the show. Uh, and I'm consistently updating that. So do check that out. And of course, when you buy a book, you support the podcast a little bit as well. I don't know, 10 pence or something uh, ridiculous from, from that book. So uh, by all means, head to that amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash Tom Elliott UK. But for now, my friends, uh, do get in touch uh, and let us know how this podcast is helping you uh, or encouraging you to live life well. See you soon, friends. <laughs>